Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be discussing toxic fandoms. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing Game of Thrones a lot, but we'll also touch upon different franchises and other fandoms and just in general, broader concepts in entertainment media. So hopefully, even if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, you'll still be able to get something out of this episode. So the series finale of Game of Thrones has aired. And let's just say that reception to it, and really the whole last season or even the past few seasons has been mixed or oh, okay fine it's it's been negative very negative and if you're not a game of thrones fan you might be wondering to yourself why what's the big deal the past few seasons look the same as they always have there are dragons in it that hot white haired chick that hot red haired chick ice zombies that dwarf guy all the same aspects are there why are you guys complaining it's it's the same thing and while that's definitely the mentality that the showrunners had to really understand why so many game of thrones fans are upset right now we first need to understand what exactly made the show special in the first place one of the things that made game of thrones so great and so different from anything else on television was the element of realism. And I know what you're thinking, what? A show that has dragons is good because of realism? Are you crazy? And I know that may sound strange, but really, even though Game of Thrones has always been a fantasy show, early on it established itself as a world where actions have consequences. Spoilers, I guess, but if you go digging into the deep dark secrets of someone powerful, it doesn't matter if you're the show's main character, if you don't protect yourself, you're gonna get killed. If you go ahead and trust random witch healers from villages that you've just sacked, it doesn't matter how good a person you are, you're gonna get punished. If you break a promise to someone and then that person has the opportunity to exact revenge upon you, it doesn't matter if you're the protagonist or the protagonist's mom and his new wife. There is no such thing as plot armor in the real world and you're gonna get it. There are no deus ex machinas that are gonna swoop in and save the day. These characters reap what they sow. And another thing that made the show so special was how it completely subverted any and all fantasy tropes. That Prince Charming-esque knight in shining armor, yeah, he's actually sleeping with his twin sister. That other Prince Charming character, literally a psychopath. The black sheep of the family who was born different and has had to rely on his intelligence to get by, he's kind of a drunk and a whoremonger. The long lost princess who was presumed dead but was really just banished to a faraway land, she gets bargained into a politically convenient marriage and then raped. There are no cliches in this show, no character archetypes. No one is fully good and no one is fully evil. Everyone has their own motivations that they're working toward. And before we go any further, really quick, there is a new book that I would love for you guys to check out. Mark Levin's new book, Unfreedom of the Press, shines a light on the degeneration of America's free press into, quote, a standardless profession that has squandered the faith and trust of the American public. As is always the case, Levin doesn't hold back in substance or quality. The research that went into this is astounding, and I can promise you that this book will absolutely deepen your understanding of the history of journalism in the United States and the future of where that profession is heading. And he doesn't mince words either. Levin takes direct aim at the partisan party press, which has gone completely off the rails and abandoned any sense of integrity or objectivity. This book is for every American who cares about the future existence of a free republic. You can read excerpts on Amazon and it is available right now. So what are you waiting for? Get your copy today. And the last thing that really made the show stand out, at least to me, was the rich world building that went into it. The fantasy elements of the show aren't just 
here's a bunch of magic because magic and now anything can happen at any time because magic magical elements may be part of the plot but they're not the entirety of the plot and they're still governed by their own rules of realism it's great that you have dragons now but they're actually still babies and it's going to take them a while to grow up so they're going to be pretty useless for the first few seasons or in some cases all of the seasons the mystical elements are also well thought out and speak to the show's deeper lore for instance the presence of things like prophecies and magical items not only serve as foreshadowing for future events but also give the audience a sense that the world they're watching is a real one. It has its own history and its own mythology. It's fully fleshed out and developed. Those elements are what made the first four, maybe five, debatable seasons of Game of Thrones so magical. But if you fast forward to the later seasons, six, seven, and poof, eight, none of those aspects are there. Realism, whoop, out the window. Characters are going on quests that don't make any sense in order to accomplish goals that seem pretty pointless. Plot armor, is a thing now, apparently. Ooh boy, is it a thing. Characters who were supposed to be smart are apparently now just making all kinds of mistakes. Characters who were supposed to be secretive are just out in the open doing things not at all surreptitiously. Fantasy tropes and magical hand of god endings that surprisingly come in to save the day both here. Unrealistically skilled warrior princess girl who literally spawns out of nowhere to save the day, check. And world building? Pfft, what? What is world building anyway, right? That super mystical, mysterious, almost unkillable antagonist that you've been building up for eight seasons? Yeah, we're gonna get rid of them in like an episode. Gonna feel super unearned, by the way, and we're also not gonna tell you anything more about them, their motivation, their history. Yeah, because um, we have a prequel coming out that is gonna cover it. You just have to wait. If there is a media equivalent of blue balls, it is the White Walker storyline. So close yet so far from satisfaction. Also, just like a bunch of foreshadowing that like never amounts to anything. That's fine. Brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes. Oh, is there like a third set of eyes that Arya is going to close? Like maybe Cersei's? What's that? Oh, it's, oh, so it's not a thing. Oh, and, and the pale horse that was brought in in episode five. Okay, not a thing either. Cool. So we're just doing whatever then. Gotcha. And all of that is on top of the fact that the last three seasons have just felt so rushed, especially in contrast to what the earlier seasons felt like. The last season was the worst for this. People are teleporting around the continent. Plot lines that would have taken an entire season in the early episodes to resolve are now done with in like 30 minutes. It was, it was just bad. Okay, and it's been bad for quite a while now. And there are entire forums and blog posts and video series dedicated to explaining why exactly people have felt so let down by Game of Thrones. In light of the bad reception, there's actually a petition going around to remake season eight with different writers and it has over a million signatures. So yeah, needless to say, fans are pretty unhappy right now. And as is unfortunately so often the case, these upset fans are already being labeled a toxic fandom. Ah yes, the, the point of the video. Finally getting to that. It's hard to define exactly, but usually fandoms are labeled toxic by either creators or the media or even other fans when the fandom starts to feel a strong sense of ownership over a particular franchise. And to be clear, this sense of ownership isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you're a creator and people don't feel any sense of connection or personal investment in your story, then you've probably done something wrong. But obviously that ownership can become a problem 
problem if it results in things like gatekeeping. How can you really call yourself a fan if you haven't even read the books, all right? You can't. Entitlement. How dare they work on another project when I'm still waiting for the sequel to this. Urgh. And abusive behavior. If you don't end things the way I want you to end things, I'll kill you. That type of behavior, if you ask me, is where fandoms can cross the line from being passionate to actually just toxic. Toxic behavior in fandoms absolutely does exist, and I think it should be called out by other fans when we see it. But I will say that too often nowadays, creators and the media seem to confuse criticism with toxicity. For example, Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa on Game of Thrones, recently said this about the negative fan reaction. Quote, all of these petitions and things like that, I think it's disrespectful to the crew and the writers and the filmmakers who have worked tirelessly over 10 years and for 11 months shooting the last season. Like 50-something night shoots. So many people worked so, so hard on it. And for people to just rubbish it because it's not what they want to see, it's just disrespectful. People always have an idea in their heads of how they want a show to finish, and so when it doesn't go to their liking, they start to speak up about it and rebel. Obviously, that is not the worst thing Sophie could have said about the fans, but I still think it represents a a genuine misunderstanding of why so many people are upset. With the petition going around, I really doubt that fans signing it actually expect a new season to be made. And to her point about people not appreciating the work that has gone into the show, I have seen a number of people, myself included, who have praised the show's visuals for looking better than they ever have. And a lot of people have also said that although they're disappointed with the show, they love the actors more than they ever have. The writing, though, I think is worthy of criticism criticism, and with that petition, so many fans just wanted an outlet to express their frustration. Yes, the people who were working on the show spent 10 years on it, but they were paid to do that. The fans have also been around for those 10 years, and we weren't being paid, we were actually paying you to make it. I totally understand why Sophie Turner feels protective about her show, but at the same time, as the entire first half of this video I hope would go to show, there are a lot of reasons why people are upset right now that go way beyond things just not going the way they wanted them to. And the thing about toxic fandoms is that Game of Thrones isn't the first time where fans have kind of been pitted against creators. Tons of Marvel fans boycotted Captain Marvel. A lot of Star Wars fans have been so disappointed with the new movies, especially The Last Jedi. And Ghostbusters, I don't think we even need to retread what happened there. And this kind of thing isn't exclusive to television or film either. I'm not a gamer, but from what I gather, people were none too happy with Battlefield V. In all of these cases, legitimate fan criticisms of bad writing, lacking realism, and poor casting choices were dismissed as toxic fandoms. Not only were the valid complaints of these loyal fans not heard, but to add insult to injury, these fans were also called things like sexist by the media and in some cases, even creators themselves. So not only is the guise of toxic fandoms being used to dismiss genuine concerns, but it's also being used to label actual supporters of these franchises bigots because screw them, I guess. And I will say that I think the only reason why Game of Thrones fans who are upset right now 
aren't being labeled sexist is that this time the media themselves were actually fans of Game of Thrones, fans of the thing that everyone was talking about, and they're not too happy with it either. But delicious media hypocrisy aside, the debate over toxic fandoms does raise some good questions. Who's at fault in these rifts between creators and fans, and who really owns these franchises? The thing about entertainment media is that it straddles a weird line between art and product. Art is of course personal, and as a creator, be it a writer or director or even actor, anything you create needs to be loyal to your own artistic vision. It's true that creatives like showrunners should be free to pursue their artistic visions. But if fans who are consumers who have paid for a certain product aren't satisfied with that product, then they should have the ability to say so. Ultimately, the harshest criticisms come when fans feel emotionally invested in certain franchises. So for me, it's really strange when some creators or even the media turn around and call all of these fans bigots just for criticizing something they love when it's like, we care about this thing, isn't that what you wanted? Yes, there are always going to be haters and genuinely toxic fans do exist, like I mentioned, and not all criticism is workable. I didn't like the new Star Wars, but then again, I didn't like the old Star Wars either. I know, big shocker. So I don't really know what the creators of Star Wars can do with that. Just wasn't into it. I would never say that creators need to stop what they're doing just because they're getting criticized. Everybody gets criticized, but at the same time, if that criticism stems from the fact that what they're trying to make is not living up to its fullest potential, then as a creator, it is in your best interest to at least listen to that feedback, even if you ultimately don't want to implement it. Because yes, your creations are yours, but at the same time, they're also independent beings. And I know this sounds kind of hippie, but if you are a creator, then your commitment should be a mix between your own artistic vision and what is best for the world that you've developed. With Game of Thrones, so many people feel like the character Jon was cheated, that Varys was let down by how the showrunners weirdly made him behave. At a certain point, we're not really talking about what the fans wanted versus what the showrunners wanted. We're talking about what was best for the characters based on how they've been previously written. And that's what I hope more creators understand going forward, that even though they may not feel good, fan criticisms can be a good thing depending on how you respond to them. For example, while Sophie Turner called the fan reaction to the show disrespectful, Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Brienne, instead said this. When asked about the fan reaction and the petition to remake the final season, Christie said, quote, that's what's so absolutely incredible about the show. There are so many strong feelings. And it goes back to that beautiful quote from the finale when Tyrion says, there is nothing as powerful as a good story. And that's what this has been. It has caused people to react and it's caused people to feel outraged and to feel that they deserve justice or they deserve the story they imagined to be told. And I think that's wonderful. It's so rare that entertainment comes along and propels us into action in that way. Considering that professionally, Christie can't exactly go and badmouth the show's writers, I think that this is the best thing she could have said. She acknowledged the criticism and also acknowledged that the strong reaction was really due to fans being so invested and passionate in the show. And similarly, although fans of She-Ra were labeled sexist and immature when they didn't like her new character design, after the backlash to the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which featured 
featured a Sonic with a gross human mouth and weird human fingers, the studio announced that despite a really tight time frame before release, they heard fans appreciated the feedback and would be making changes to the character design. Maybe it hurt their pride to make these changes and maybe it won't be exactly what they envisioned, but by agreeing to do the redesign, the final film will be stronger and will be more successful and will be more loyal to the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Those are just my thoughts though on Game of Thrones and toxic fandoms and as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Are fandoms getting out of control or are valid criticisms just being misinterpreted? As always, let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.